podcast, cutting edge conversations with the Quant community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our next installment of Quantcast. Uh, I am Nazneen Sharif, Associate Quantitative Finance Editor for Risk.net, speaking from our London office. Our guest speaker today is uh, Christian Fries, who is dialed in from uh, Munich. Hi, Christian. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, Nazin. Uh, yeah, nice to talk to you. So uh, to give everyone here a, b- a bit of introduction, um, Christian is the head of model development and methodology um, at Deza Bank in Frankfurt and a professor of mathematical finance at LMU University. His current research interests include hybrid interest rate models, Monte Carlo methods, uh, and valuation under funding and counterparty risk, um, all hot topics in quantitative finance today. Uh, So Christian, um, I understand those topics um, are part of your academic research, but do you work on similar topics in your role at uh, Deza Bank as well? Uh, Yes, so so maybe with respect to my two positions, this is an interesting uh, part here uh, because I'm a little bit uh, hybrid. Yeah, I have a uh, position at the university, but my uh, biggest uh, or more most time-consuming uh, task is working here in Frankfurt at DZ Bank. And this um, makes it uh, interesting because I need to check how does a um, method which looks nice maybe from an academic point of view uh, can be applied to the the industry. Uh, And for example, um, how is it implemented in an efficient uh, way? And for example, one topic which we looked at is of course a fundamental review of the trading book and um, yeah, all the recent uh, developments. Uh, uh, in industry and uh, AAD actually came now from from uh, um, a master thesis uh, so it started with a small master thesis project and so by chance it became a bigger research project okay so um, what exactly are you working on with respect to the fundamental review of the trading book Okay, so with respect to fundamental review of the trading book, uh, we we looked at the uh, regulations and uh, how it can be implemented, and uh, especially with respect to an internal model. Um, And here, especially, I looked a little bit uh, into the modeling um, or the requirements for the non-modelable risk factor. Okay, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, I remember um, a, a previous paper that you published in Risk, which was uh, back in 2011, which is, um, I don't know if you remember, it's on modif- modifying Monte Carlo methods so that they don't misbehave when used for stress testing purposes. Um, I mean, is that something that you're using internally or is that relevant um, in light of, you know, new regulations such as the, um, you know, FRTB? Uh, so, yeah, um, Monte Carlo methods is actually um, a topic where I did a lot of stuff in different areas. And it's also, let's say, uh, the most generic method. Yeah, So with respect to its use in industry, it's maybe the most important method uh, which can be applied in um, many fields. And it's, of course, in my opinion, it's the most relevant uh, method. Uh, yes, yeah. So um, uh, there, there's a big link between what I did uh, 
uh, in uh, academic papers and uh, then applying these methods in industry. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that, that's interesting because, um, you know, today we're here to talk about uh, the uh, a new paper that um, will be published in Risk um, by um, Christian, which uses um, a joint algorithmic differentiation or AED in the fast calculation of risk entities for Bermudan options and you know valuation adjustments uh, or XVAs, um, and you know Monte Carlo uh, methods are you know are part of this paper as well. Um, so, I mean, for, for a bit of background to the, to the listeners, um, AAD is a mathematical technique used to uh, speed up the calculation of uh, risk sensitivities uh, called Greeks. Um, they've been traditionally calculated by bump- bumping the values of the inputs and the pricing of a derivative and calculating the output value each time, uh, which can get pretty time-consuming. Uh, but AAD breaks the valuation process into a number of simultaneous steps, so you can achieve speed-ups up, up to 1,000 times, which is um, quite significant. So, um, Christian, your paper, um, which will be uh, published in Risk, shows a way of applying AAD to calculate calculate sensitivities of Bermudan options and XVAs in a quicker way. Um, how exactly do you achieve this? Um, okay, so um, uh, let me let me make a small comment to AAD. So AAD uh, is a pretty simple idea based on the chain rule. So um, applying the chain rule for derivatives as you calculate your value. Yeah? So it calculates derivatives they somehow alongside the valuation when you go forward. This is AD. Um, yeah. But um, a more important method is, uh, or let's say important in our applications, is doing it backward. This is a joint algorithmic differentiation, so going backward. So this is AAD. And it's a quite, quite old uh, method. For example, the um, backpropagation algorithm used in neural network training uh, is from the 1960, and it's AAD. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this is a, maybe maybe a standard method, and there's a nice paper from Paul Klasserman and Mike Giles in in, in Risk uh, who applied it to to finance. Uh, so, when you look at AAD algorithms, they uh, apply it to operators, so functions which work on floating point numbers, or let's say vectors of floating point numbers, um, either forward or backward. Yeah. And the main idea in my paper is that I consider AAD on a different object. I consider it on a random web. Um, and this is a small, small step, yeah, but it opens the door for several nice improvements. Because, for example, if you know that the differential of your random variable is just um, deterministic, so it is a constant, you can save a lot of storage space to store this constant. You don't store the vector, you just or the constant. And um, so this little idea opens also um, other aspects. For example, I can now um, apply the AAD algorithm to other operators. So for example, an operator is take the sum of two random variables. This is just yeah. a simple operator. But another operator is uh, take the conditional expectation. And uh, so now I'm considering conditional expectation not as something which operates on the floating point numbers, so 
Actually, uh, you would uh, in a Monte Carlo simulation, you approximate conditional expectation by a regression, which then operates on the floating point. So instead, I just asked myself, okay, what is AAD applied to this um, operator? Um, yeah. So, um, and here we come why the paper is uh, named Applying AAD to American uh, Monte Carlo. So conditional expectation is the most important operator in the valuation of Bermudans and American options, uh, which uh, comes under the name of American Monte Carlo in a Monte Carlo simulation. And so uh, looking at the conditional expectation operator and how to apply AAD to it is the topic of this uh, paper. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so how exactly uh, do you modify AAD in, in this paper such that you are able to, um, you know, value, uh, you're able to calculate these sensitivities a lot quicker? Okay, so um, actually the paper is uh, based on um, a few simple observations, you know, which you have to combine. To, to get the result. So the first observation is the differentiation of a conditional expectation is just the conditional expectation of the differentiation. So you can, you do not have to differentiate the uh, regression. Yeah. So yeah. for example, if, uh, if you first approximate the conditional expectation by a regression and then differentiate, you will differentiate the regression. But I don't like to differentiate an approximation. So instead, I first apply this little rule that I can um, interchange the two steps. The differentiation of the conditional expectation is the conditional expectation of the differentiation. And yeah. then I, I apply the, um, the approximation, so uh, the method to approximate the conditional expectation by a question. So this is the first little trick. Yep. But this uh, trick would make AAD a little bit complicated because the word adjoint in AAD means that we have to run backward through the steps um, of calculating the result. And in this situation, it would mean that I have to first um, uh, differentiate the argument of the conditional expectation and then apply the conditional expectation. So this would make the algorithm a little bit more uh, complicated. Uh, but then there is a second observation. Um, many results in uh, which we are looking at, so the XVAs, the valuation, are just expectations. So in Monte Carlo simulation, you are interested in the expectation of uh, something. And in this case, you can observe that the conditional expectation operator is a self-adjoint operator. And here you find the word adjoint. So this means that instead of applying the conditional expectation to the differential of the argument, I can just apply the conditional expectation to the adjoint differential, uh, which is what we already have if we go backward. So this little detail yeah, that we actually know the adjoint of this operator yeah. allows, me to write, uh, allows me to write a very simple uh, modification of the AAD algorithm. And this step uh, is possible because I now look at random values and not at numbers. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, that's really interesting um, because, I mean, that brings me to the next question, which is, um, you know, how exactly does your method improve uh, upon existing methods? Because um, you mentioned that, you know, your paper um, 
avoid this you know step of differentiating the regression basis functions um there were um uh, other w similar works for instance alexander antonov and his co-authors uh tried to do something similar in a recent paper published in risk um how is your paper different uh Yes, actually, this is the right question. If you ask how is it how is it different, because I I wouldn't say that the method um, improves uh, something uh, with respect to what Alexander and his uh, co-author did, because um, you have to understand the following. Uh, Alexander uh, calls his met method backward differentiation, but here the word backward actually refers to how the product is valued. So a Bermudan option is valued by backward induction, so you go backward in time. And what they do is they go alongside the valuation algorithm and uh, carry the dif differentials along the valuation. So actually with respect to the direction of valuation, they are going forward. So what they do is actually uh, AD, it's not adjoint, it's forward mode differentiation, not backward mode differentiation. And with respect to the little issue I mentioned uh, uh, with respect to the previous uh, question, that um, the uh, 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 conditional expectation of the differential is an issue if you go backward, they don't have this issue. So they go forward, they can just uh, apply the conditional expectation, um, and uh, they go on. But they are doing forward mode differentiation, and I'm doing backward uh, mode differentiation. So the two papers are just really uh, different. And now maybe uh, some of you, your um, listeners know that forward mode differentiation scales with the number of uh, parameters, while backward mode differentiation scales with the number of output values. And in finance, often we have many input values, many parameters, many risk uh, factors, and a few output values. So that's why uh, a joint, so AAD, um, is maybe the method of choice in such applications, but um, uh, their method uh, has uh, um, its uh, applications too. Yeah? They, they are just two different methods. Fair enough. Um, so how exactly does your uh, model perform uh, against um, other techniques? I mean, uh, could you um, give our listeners some, some numbers in terms of uh, you know, speed and accuracy? Okay, yeah, this this is a funny uh, question. Uh, actually, uh, I I don't like this um, uh, this discussion or this, uh, this uh, arguing that uh, one algorithm is maybe faster than the other one, uh, because I believe what matters if if an algorithm uh, performs within seconds or minutes or hours or days, but maybe it's not so important if it performs within one second or four seconds. So let me explain. Um, the point is, if you have a simple algorithm, which can be easily implemented uh, in parallel threads, yeah, then on an eight-core machine, the algorithm will run eight times as fast. So yeah. with respect to these small differences, um, it's maybe more important uh, how simple is the algorithm, what are other features um, of the algorithm. So if we look, for example, at um, Antonov's uh, backward differentiation, I believe that both methods are actually in the same scale you know, with respect to performance. And so 
I, I, uh, I wouldn't compare the figures. Uh, in their paper, they look at an um, Hull-White uh, model, which has uh, fewer parameters than the LIBOR market model, which I look at, which has uh, 25,000 uh, risk factors. Uh, so, um, if you if you scale uh, down the parameters, you will see that actually they are in the same range. So, uh, I would like a, another point here with respect to uh, yeah. performance. Um, in my opinion, the biggest benefit of the method uh, in this uh, present paper is that we get a very simple and very short computer code. So, code complexity is a big issue. Uh, for example, in industry, if you if you are heading a team, you know, it's, it's very important that the code is clean, uh, easy to understand, and uh, has not m many complicated special cases. Um, so that's another aspect, and I believe that, for example, the way uh, here we treat uh, conditional expectation uh, is uh, simplifying the code. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting. You mentioned that you you know you uh, dislike questions about uh, you know speed and accuracy comparison between different algorithms. Uh, um, funnily, you're not the first person to have told me that because uh, I understand that. <laughs> I mean, it, it it depends on you know the problem you're trying to solve in the systems. Um, so yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's that's really interesting. Um, so uh, what 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 are the different types of you know instruments? Um, to which your technique can be applied, if um, you can give me a you know, list of you know, common products. Yeah, this is maybe a nice part. It's uh, completely product independent. So in the paper, I, I've chosen um, the Bermuden option, and I have even dreamed up a very um, synthetic Bermuden digital option. But this was just a test product to test uh, the method. Uh, the method uh, just uh, works whenever you encounter a conditional uh, expectation in a Monte Carlo simulation. Um, and also it works if you have path dependency. Uh, for example, in the, uh, in the backward differentiation, you can become a little bit fa faster if you, if you know that you don't have path dependency. So this is uh, no different here. So um, it's actually product in independent. Okay, yeah. Uh, another um, useful uh, thing in the paper seems to be that it, it enables um, accurate per-operator differentiation of the indicator function, which um, gives the exercise boundaries of the options. Um, why, why is this important? Uh, if you can you know, give uh, the listeners a, a simple explanation of why uh, this is an important property. Uh, yes. This is actually another um, outcome of the first main idea that we are looking at AAD on the level of random variable. So since I'm now uh, differentiating an operator of a random variable, I can inspect this random variable and get some properties of it and then maybe adopt uh, to, to these properties. And it's known that, for example, um, indicator functions, so which are essentially the operator which represents the exercise boundary. So indicator functions are problematic uh, if it comes to differentiating it in a Monte Carlo simulation. For example, if you have a finite difference approximation of the differentiation of the indicator function, you either get a very big Monte Carlo error if you have a small shift, 
price uh, in your finite difference, or you get a biased derivative if you have a very large. So, um, and AAD has actually a similar problem. Um, you have to decide what to do with your indicator function with your access. So what is often done is approximating this by a finite different approximation. This sometimes comes disguised as a smoothing, yeah, but this is actually the same. And here you have to make a choice. So what is the correct or what is the good, maybe optimal shift size uh, you use in this differentiation? And now since I can inspect the argument, since I can inspect the, this random variable, I can look at each individual indicator function and take a different, better, optimal shift size for this indicator function. So if you would do a finite difference approximation uh, to the differentiation of the final outcome, you apply one shift, and this shift counts for all uh, aspects in your algorithm. And here, I can check each individual application, uh, each individual operator, and take the best derivative, uh, let's say an improved derivative uh, for, for this operator. And there are two graphs in the paper. So one graph shows uh, what you get if you do finite difference with many different shift sizes. And actually, you see that there's no optimal choice. Yeah? Uh, any yeah. shift size is bad. Uh, some shift sizes are bad for the uh, um, exercise boundary at the short maturity. Some shift sizes are bad for the exercise boundary at the long maturity. Yeah? So there's no good choice. And in the other graph uh, with the AAD, you see that uh, the picture is actually uh, very nice. Yeah? So you can uh, get, get, uh, you actually get a, f uh, a good result. Um, and maybe let me make a last remark. Uh, I was I was questioned that there is uh, a paper, a nice paper by Vladimir Peterbach, uh, which tells us that you do not need to differentiate the exercise boundary. Uh, this is true, um, but this is true for Bermudan option only, and only applies to the first uh, order derivative, right. and it only applies it only applies if your basis function, if your regression basis functions are such that you are actually at the region of optimal exercise. So there are many ifs, and um, so there are some cases where this uh, does not apply and where you need to differentiate the exercise boundary. For example, for digital, this is why I choose this test product. Yeah. Um, or if, if, if your um, algorithm is actually not optimal. So this is a nice um, additional outcome. I can use this method to check uh, if the exercise boundary is uh, suboptimal. Okay, so that, that that seems like an added advantage, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so are you using this model at Deezer Bank at the moment? Yes, uh, we, we are um, um, working on an implementation. So um, the implementation I did at the university is in Java, and we are actually doing a re-implementation. Uh, well, if you, if you apply it in industry and if you have a, a little bit of legacy code, uh, maybe there are other issues uh, which you which you have to solve. Um, yes, but uh, we we are using. Um, so I mean, now I have a couple of questions for you uh, that are unrelated to the paper, um, uh, because I mean it's it's usually um, interesting um, in terms of 
looking into what people are researching at the moment. So what's uh, next on your list? Uh, you know, what topics are you working on at the moment or will be working on, say, um, in, in the next two years? Um, yeah, this is a difficult uh, question since I have these two positions. Uh, I'm also exposed to uh, the requirements uh, which, which I get from the industry. Um, but, uh, well, uh, when I started uh, to look at AAD, actually I, I thought everything was done there. And yeah. to my surprise, uh, there, there is a little bit more which, which can be done, so I will continue working on, on this. Uh, for example, I have a follow-up paper um, on uh, forward sensitivities, which you need for MBAs. And then with a, with a colleague here uh, and um, a nice uh, master student, we have a paper on uh, how you can approximate sensitivities uh, to calculate MVAs, uh, so ISTA-SIM-based MVAs. I believe this is a big topic, uh, so the initial margin, the cost of funding, the initial margins. Um, uh, and uh, actually, this, this follow-up paper is a little bit funny because we derive an approximation method which actually allows you to avoid using AAD. So yeah, this is yeah. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is interesting uh, if you are in a in a bank where you or in an industry uh, uh, where you have a legacy code where you cannot implement AAD uh, as quickly as you like. Yeah? Or if you if you have sensitivities as of today and you would like to get a quick approximation without uh, of setting up um, an AAD uh, algorithm. Um, but of course, we use the AAD method from the current risk paper as our benchmark. So I think you partially answered my next question, but I will ask um, that anyway. Um, so it, it seems like you know quant quantitative finance research is moving more towards you know technology optimization. You know everything is about improvement in speed up, uh, improvement in accuracy. It's all about you know, those, um, you know, marginal improvements uh, in techniques. So um, you mentioned before that, you know, you thought AAD was done, uh, but, you know, there's still quite a lot of work left to do. Uh, so I have two questions there. One, in, in general, uh, you know, is there still a lot of work left in the area of um, algorithmic techniques in general um, and the second question is um, you know what work is left to be done uh, in terms of AAD because this was introduced uh, in finance uh, you know almost a decade ago yes um, so with respect to the first question I hope there's some work left uh, I have a small remark here um, I believe it's important to have a good understanding of the uh, mathematical methodology, uh, so the fundamentals, and uh, to have a good understanding of how to implement. Uh, so um, the, the code has to be clean, and this is very uh, important. And uh, so with respect to the second part of the question, with respect to AAD, um, for example, in this paper here, I looked at the conditional expectation operator, but you can take this idea to other operators where you know the adjoint. So, um, yes, I believe there's room for uh, more improvements. And even if you have an algorithm which uh, does the same, but if it does it in a simpler way, it is a big improvement, in my uh, opinion.
Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I guess that brings us to the end of this Quancast. Um, thank you very much uh, for joining us today, Christian. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. I'll catch you again for the next one. Uh, so bye for now. Yeah, thanks, Nazim. Bye. <laughs>